and welcome to the Conscious Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Ferenger, founder of Conscious Leaders. Now on this podcast, I interview leaders who stand out from the crowd. They're doing something particularly progressive or more radical in the way they run their companies. This month, I'm bringing you Jean-Baptiste Oldenhove, who runs SRE Group. They facilitate large-scale investment into sustainability initiatives, and he comes across as having a deep sense of service in his work. I started by asking him just how he got to where he is now. I uh, started basically what, what has driven me over my life and my professional life, uh, uh, which is very much associated to my private life as well, uh, so the two are combined, um, <clears throat> is the fact that I'm driven by uh, curiosity. Hmm. And so uh, it all started uh, as, a, as a teenager, being very interested into uh, the Greek philosophers, and uh, so trying to understand uh, what um, what is the meaning of uh, of being um, uh, on this planet and uh, as humans, and uh, um, and that led me to uh, to be uh, training as an engineer because uh, Platon was uh, uh, very uh, uh, very clear about the fact that uh, mathematics were at uh, the center of uh, many things, and so I felt like uh, I should uh, I should discover more about it. Uh, so I went to mathematics. Uh, <clears throat> engineering and then uh, moved, uh, uh, started as an engineer, uh, graduated uh, and uh, worked in a research department in a, a semiconductor firm um, and, uh, and then uh, moved about, uh, uh, after a, a couple of years um, uh, of doing that, I moved uh, through a, a business degree uh, into a strategy consulting to, uh, to, to further discover what business was about. and. Uh, and that's where I, I discovered as well the fact that um, connecting business and my engineering background, uh, sustainability was a big thing uh, and uh, much needed uh, sustainability uh, around uh, the environment. And, uh, and in 2005, 2006, I started to, uh, to, uh, to read and to try to understand how could we connect business and sustainability uh, together uh, from a practical point of view uh, as an engineer, uh, trying to um, to uh, uh, optimize the efficiency of businesses uh, by uh, cutting their costs and, uh, and optimizing their revenue uh, through uh, being more sustainable. So it was a very practical way of approaching sustainability. And that connected me to uh, a very large uh, French family group, uh, which uh, was looking for someone to help them green their wealth. And, mm-hmm. uh, green their wealth, I, I like that. I told them uh, uh, then uh, that was uh, in the middle of uh, the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, that uh, the, the way to do it would be to invest uh, directly into companies uh, to support uh, nascent companies in, uh, in sustainability. And so that uh, started a journey as an investor, which uh, I was not meant to become an investor or not trained to become an investor, but, uh, but I, be- I became a, a private equity investor uh, through uh, that channel. And, uh, and started uh, working into, uh, in supporting these companies in uh, clean energy um, uh, in France, Sweden, uh, uh, Germany, Austria, um, producing uh, electricity and clean power from wind, from uh, uh, waste uh, wood and, uh, and other types of uh, fuels, renewable fuels. And then uh, uh, gradually I moved to another topic because again, uh, around curiosity, I decided that uh, 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 sustainable agriculture and biotechnologies applied to sustainable agriculture uh, would be a, a great co- topic to discover and so we became uh, 
uh, a very large shareholder in a uh, company, uh, Agrinos, uh, which is uh, one of these leaders in uh, biotechnologies applied uh, to agriculture, healing soils and plants uh, with the microbes and microorganisms. And, uh, and we continued the journey uh, a couple of years later into uh, the circular economy, applying uh, Uh, so getting waste out of the oceans and uh, turning them back into the textile supply chain. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, high-end fashion brand, uh, Ecoalf, a Spanish company, which, uh, um, which is uh, entirely producing uh, fashion items uh, out of uh, uh, recycled plastics. Um, so, oh, wow. uh, so that was the, the journey. And then uh, uh, in 2018, I decided that I wanted to broaden the... Uh, the scope of what I, what I was doing uh, in two ways. Uh, so addressing another type of capital than pure private wealth uh, from uh, large family offices. And, uh, and so uh, um, start uh, try to influence other sources of capital, public funds, uh, institutional uh, capital, family offices again, uh, to, uh, to move to sustainability. That was one uh, direction. And the other direction was to, uh, to rethink what sustainability, uh, what is the definition of sustainability in our current world. And I felt that uh, the environment and the planet was well covered. Uh, by then, in 2018, people were aware that uh, you needed to do something uh, about it. And I felt uh, that uh, the human side of things was uh, still left behind. And uh, so I decided to, uh, that uh, in terms of uh, sustainability, my Uh, mission in life uh, would be to push people to, uh, to integrate really uh, the, the sustainability or the problems around uh, sustainability for, uh, for people and uh, how to create an economy that works uh, for the planet uh, for people as well. Mm. Wow, that's quite a journey. Yeah, no, it's been a, it, it feels a, a long journey. I'm still, uh, I mm. still feel very, very young and, uh, and very willing to, to discover many things, but mm. uh, But it's been, um, it's been a, a journey, a natural journey. So I've, my journey has been a journey of, uh, of meeting people uh, who pushed me in, uh, in different directions. Uh, and I've tried to follow the natural flow of life. Uh, mm. So uh, guided by my curiosity, uh, keeping as compass a true north of uh, trying to, uh, to, uh, to make sure that anything I would do in my professional life would be extremely connected uh, to, uh, to the way I would behave as a, as a, perf as a person, as mm. a private individual, as a, as a father of, uh, of now uh, four children, as a, as a husband, as a friend, as a, as a son uh, uh, to my parents. And so, so I try to, uh, to, to, to keep uh, as compass in my life. Uh, the true north is really uh, make sure that you live a life that, uh, that is holistically coherent so that uh, you don't uh, turn into a a very greedy person on Monday morning because you're, you're on the job. And uh, uh, if, if you're not greedy on, a, on Sunday afternoon, uh, playing with the children. I think uh, if, you, if you're playful, uh, try to be playful on, uh, on, on Monday morning and, uh, and, and stay the same wherever you are. Mm, so that's quite interesting. So, so you're saying that to take the same kind of mode of being, for want of a better word, like being playful, being curious, both into the workplace as well as into the home. I wonder, I mean, it's so interesting in our kind of COVID lives that work and home life is so integrated at the moment. Um, but I wonder how easy that is for, for some people to, to feel like they can be themselves at work and to better bring, bring that kind of maybe something like playfulness or that kind of um, moral compass to their, to their work. Yeah, for, for me, for me, it was very natural. So moving into lockdown, uh, working from home uh, was very natural because, because of that 
connection. Uh, so yeah. I'm not different on the job as uh, as, I'm, as I am as a, as a husband, as a as a father. And so so to me, it didn't feel very different um, uh, to be in that uh, in that COVID world. Of course, uh, with the sadness of uh, being distanced uh, from uh, from your family, distanced uh, from friends, uh, from friends, and then and then from. Uh, from the perspective of Estari, that uh, company that I created uh, in 2018, and uh, which is uh, looking at uh, influencing capital to move into sustainability, I felt uh, crushed under the, the, the mission at first, uh, because, uh, because what uh, the reason I had created Estari at the beginning of 2018, which was that sort of uh, my feeling that people were suffering mm -hmm. um, in our economies, uh, uh, social uh, uh, injustice, um, uh, racial injustices, uh, um, <clears throat> the lack of education or access to good education for some uh, versus others. And so, so I felt like people were, um, were really uh, in bad shape uh, overall, whatever we say. Uh, as, uh, and, so, uh, and, and so the symptoms of, uh, of the vote uh, for, uh, for some uh, leaders that we, that we don't really like, uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the way people behave uh, are moving to the extremes uh, in, in their debates, uh, like uh, uh, to be polarized and so like to, to take a stance on, uh, on debates. To me, uh, I, I see the, the humans were suffering and that was the, uh, that was the reason of uh, creating Estari, but I didn't expect it to be revealed to the world as soon as, uh, as 2020 through uh, COVID. But, uh, but I would say that the, the, everything we wear uh, and the reasons to create Estari, uh, the fact that we live in, uh, in urban centers like London and we don't really want to be here, uh, uh, we, uh, we dream of freedom and being in the, uh, in the Alps or being uh, uh, in, in Cornwall uh, uh, in front of the sea uh, side uh, under a blue sky. So we, we feel freedom is elsewhere than where we live and where we work. And to me, that was, uh, that was the reason of, of, of creating uh, Estari. Mm. And, uh, and so I felt in 2020 that, uh, that the, the burden of the mission, the, the mission uh, because there's a lot of things to be lot, changed. There's a lot to do. Mm. And uh, uh, not, uh, not easy in that, uh, mm. in that world. At the same time, COVID is then a, a huge opportunity because, uh, because people are more prone to change now than they were a year ago. Mm, yeah, it's an opportunity to reconsider, isn't it? Mm. And it, I'm really curious about this, because you've talked about how um, this Estari is, um, is there for to serve um, human beings and kind of our interaction with our planet. And then before, I know we've spoken to before, you mentioned the word that Estari is like a servant, um, a servant organisation. And I thought that was quite an interesting approach to leadership really and how uh, the company what the kind of mode the company is in could you say a little bit about that about that kind of yeah uh, you when you restart something uh, so uh, April 2018 I was a uh, I was CEO of a company uh, chairman of a board of a, of a subsidiary uh, in the board of all of the subsidiaries so, so I was a uh, uh, in an office with presence in London, Singapore, Luxembourg, uh, a bit everywhere around the planet, um, uh, opening ceremonies uh, in in, uh, in California for uh, for new um, production plant in in in, in, um, in biotechnologies in agriculture, and uh, and by by the power of life, uh, I I started on the 14 or 15 of April uh, 2018 uh, on my own um, and. Uh, and so you have to be very humble. And so Estari, uh, I saw it as a as a new business that would uh, that would start uh, being very small. And uh, and I saw it as an opportunity 
uh, in order to influence people uh, to uh, to connect uh, to others and so to influence others and and so my my uh, intuition around Estari was uh, uh, like a vision of, of a neural network where where you see different neurons and uh, and I felt like uh, Estari can be one of these neurons and uh, and if it connects uh, through the synapses to to the, the right net the right neurons in the system mm. then it can be very powerful uh, so uh, that's uh, that's how I, I saw it and instead of uh, of saying I will create an Estari which is a huge brand uh, that is uh, proeminent and that becomes a uh, uh, that, that goes above of the GAFA in the in the in the ranking of the, the top companies in the world. I felt like, uh, why don't we place a tiny little thing uh, that can be at the service of uh, Google, of uh, Amazon, uh, or uh, of uh, uh, companies, investors, uh, public um, uh, funds, uh, in, in order to influence them and move them to, uh, towards sustainability. So it was partly. Uh, vocational to be at the uh, at the service of others, uh, and it was partly strategically uh, strategic intention uh, to uh, to to very quickly have much more influence than the size of uh, of the the team and and, uh, and of Estari. Mm, that makes sense. So, as I understand it, you're bringing together investors, leading decision makers, big companies to make sustainability projects happen around the world. And how does that play out practically? Like, what's a practical example of how that, what that would be, how that would materialize? Yeah, so, so you start uh, uh, by, uh, so the, the, the way we work, uh, we, we look at a sector, like uh, we would look at the future of food, uh, we would look at the future of cities, uh, uh, so uh, uh, broad themes and try to understand uh, uh, where where is there something to be done? So you first start by doing your market research to understand where is the problem. Mm -hmm. In the food system, what is the problem? Is it the lack of food? Is it the fact that you have too much food? So what are the underlying problems of our food system? So you start by doing your analysis and with empathy to try to understand the problems uh, or they relate to problems, uh, to environmental problems or to social problems. And so, uh, so in food, for instance, uh, you, uh, you see an epidemic of uh, diabetes um, and, and chronic diseases. And, uh, and, and one can only, when you look at data, and that's uh, as well, uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll come back to that, but, uh, but my leadership is, is, is a leadership of service, but uh, based as well on, on a vision. And, uh, and that vision, I, I derive it from data. So I see things uh, where others don't see uh, mm -hmm. through, uh, through data and analytics and facts. And so you, you look at the facts, uh, you feel like uh, there's a problem in, uh, in uh, chronic, uh, chronic disease is a huge uh, societal problem. And you try to understand why, uh, where is it, uh, uh, where is the, what is the root cause? And, uh, and where is there a root cause where you can, uh, you can address, you can create a change that will really um, uh, uh, address the problem. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, is it, uh, so, so if you look at uh, diabetes or chronic diseases, uh, they, they, a lot of them are related to uh, uh, to, uh, to the food we eat and the way we eat, and so um, and so you need to understand: is it uh, is it the quality of food? Is it uh, the type of food? Is it the diversity? Uh, because we've concentrated a lot of our food chain around uh, a few ingredients. Uh, so we've we've killed the biodiversity, and we are now only eating uh, chicken or beef. Uh, uh, and in chicken, we've we've selected a few breed of chicks uh, that uh, that uh, really make sense from a, an economic perspective, and so. So, so you need to really understand uh, uh, the, the potential and the, and the root cause and the problem, the, the market research. And then once you've identified a, a potential change that is of interest, um, uh, then you look at companies that are 
uh, active uh, and uh, uh, research uh, in uh, in uh, universities and uh, from uh, uh, the academic perspective, uh, companies, entrepreneurs. Uh, so you try to build that ecosystem of people. Uh, who believe that uh, uh, better understanding the, the, the human guts uh, or microbiome uh, will have a big influence if we are able to, to educate ourselves about the influence of our microbiome and our guts uh, uh, on the way we eat, then we are less likely to, uh, to, uh, to have uh, chronic diseases. And so, and so you need to, to then uh, surround yourself by that knowledge to see how would people tackle the problem. And uh, that leads us to identify companies um, uh, or projects uh, that, that have the potential of becoming companies. And once we're, we're convinced about the entrepreneur, uh, the, the business plan that comes uh, with it, uh, uh, then we go and we talk to investors. And, uh, and today there's more capital than there's ever been uh, in, in our uh, mm, human history. Mm -hmm. So um, it is not moving. That's, that's the problem of our society. But there is uh, money around. But there is money yeah. around. Uh, the velocity of money is very, very, very low. <laughs> and uh, that's the problem. And so our, uh, our analysis at uh, Estare is that if you educate people, if you educate capital around uh, things that it can do and the business opportunity of solving uh, chronic diseases through investing in, uh, in, in food tech companies uh, uh, and specific uh, food tech companies, uh, then, uh, then that's how you bring... Uh, projects uh, to fruition. Mm. That sounds amazing. So it's, it's I mean, because I feel like society is probably at a disadvantage because everybody's off in a lot of tiny projects with no funding trying to run, trying to make change. Whereas I think what you're talking about is trying to bring together some larger amounts of investment to the best offer of a technology or a couple of technologies to help that happen. I wonder that sounds really like it would take a long time, that process that you're talking about. How is that for you? Is that is that true? Or? It's it's, um, it's like COVID. COVID took um, <laughs> nine months to change our lives, and mm. uh, and 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 this is the and when you look at neurons, uh, we learn a lot uh, with the brain, uh, with our brain uh, uh, as a child, uh, at, at speeds that are unprecedented. Uh, we we cannot still uh, we can still uh, at this stage not replicate artificial intelligence uh, is a is a big word in tech mm. but uh, but it's nowhere close to the brain and uh, the speed at which the brain learns and uh, these are exponential curves uh, so uh, so if you it's the, the famous uh, r number uh, that, that we use for covid uh, so uh, so if, if as a study as jean baptiste i convince uh, two people of something um, uh, and then they convince as well two people uh, it mm. goes very quickly okay so it all starts mm. with education and mm. um, and uh, to your point about uh, there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are not finding funding and uh, uh, and, and uh, there's something which seems to be broken and very slow to move. Uh, to me, it's um, it's because people don't um, uh, are afraid. So uh, uh, entrepreneurs are intimidated by capital, mm. and capital is intimidated by entrepreneurs, and so uh, and so there's a bit of a timidity. It's still a very male world uh, and. Uh, and uh, the, the distance is created because of a lack of empathy. And mm. uh, so as a, uh, my recommendation is for entrepreneurs to, to, to try to, uh, of course, you're passionate about your project when you're on your own and uh, or you're trying to build a team, you're, you're raising capital, that's very important. But, uh, but to me, the key is really to spend time to understand how can you solve the problem of, uh, of, of the capital source you're, you're talking to. 
and uh, what are their problems, what is, what is their mindset, mm. which is, um, we discussed it uh, uh, offline, uh, difficult over uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a Zoom and a Google Meet um, a world where uh, you cannot uh, connect you in, in, a, in a human uh, connection uh, uh, intermediated through a screen, it's more difficult. But to me, um, understanding who is on the other side of the table, uh, you'll uh, you'll see that uh, this is only a, a, a human being and mm. like you are. And so don't, as an entrepreneur, don't go and see someone as uh, having millions mm. in his bank account. And, uh, and and of course he has the power to change your life forever. But uh, but see them as as humans as human uh, and and bring them at uh, at at, um, at your level or, or raise to their level of connecting uh, uh, mm. as humans. So it's about empathy, really understanding where they're at and then building trust, I guess. If people are afraid, then trust can help. It's trust, but trust, uh, and that comes back to uh, leadership of uh, service. If you are the service of the person uh, you're in front of, uh, Mm. so if you you change your mindset, uh, you're you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're dying to have that uh, meeting with that uh, uh, large Singaporean uh, sovereign wealth fund and you feel like uh, having them on board in your project uh, will make a, a world of difference and so so you enter the meeting really feeling like uh, you need to demonstrate your project and talk only about yourself but no human connection is, is built only talking about yourself or no, yeah. <laughs> no great human connection is built that way and, uh, and getting into that meeting with a different mindset of saying oh poor uh, poor uh, great uh, sovereign wealth fund uh, uh, the, the person I have in front of me uh, 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 is is suffering from the same human condition as, as myself um, mm. and connecting to that and being at the service of that person you have in front of you makes a world of difference and so uh, to me uh, that's uh, that's really the the uh, again the, the, the main reason of, uh, of being at the service of others is that uh, you get what you want in a much faster way mm. you really understand them I suppose everyone gets what they want then yeah indeed and this service to others I'm curious um, about you as an employer and a kind of leader in your own company, is that something you apply to like the people that you hire um, and work with now? Yes, uh, so my, my leadership style is really around uh, so being at the service of the team. Um, so it's a reverse pyramid. So if I, if I need to go and, uh, and clean an Excel sheet, I will do it. Uh, because, uh, because I think it's very important that uh, the, um, the example come from the top. And so, so you need to be able to do that. And, uh, and I counterbalance that with vision. So I, at the same time, I point my finger to the, uh, to the horizon. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, to, uh, to show where, uh, where nature is, uh, because the nature is often on the horizon. And uh, so I, I, I make sure that everyone keeps an eye on uh, uh, the potential for the project and, and how much uh, we can change the world, uh, even if we are tiny. And, uh, and at the same time, uh, in practice, uh, I'm very much uh, every morning and every, uh, every hour at the service of uh, the people I'm uh, working with. Mm. And how does that play out practically? Like what practical things do you do as a leader or as a company that kind of enable that service? Um, again, uh, uh, being, uh, being really driven by what um, I think in the DNA of the company is really having people, whichever uh, you're working with a colleague or you're working with uh, or you're going to, uh, to see a, a client or an entrepreneur, uh, we, we position ourselves as at the service of their ambition. And uh, what, uh, what, what the, the key question is really, what can I do for you today? But, uh, but in a, in a, in a, a very 
not in a polite way, but uh, but try to really trying to really understand uh, how can you make the life of someone better, whether you talk to. And so it's a uh, it's very practical. Basically, in every meeting we have, uh, uh, we we're kind mm. of uh, trying to uh, to get at the service of, uh, of others. So you're really kind of digging in, hacking into this kind of how can we really serve. Yeah, or can, or can I help you? Um, and for me, uh, if, uh, if the most junior person in the Estari team, uh, uh, if I can help them become better, then that helps me a lot. So I think uh, uh, being at the service of others uh, empowers them to, uh, to become their better self. And uh, from there, uh, they, they're extremely positive for you uh, as, a, as a person. So, so that's again that uh, neural network uh, being having synapses and uh, sending, sending uh, signals and being connected to other neurons uh, that, you, uh, that you serve is the best way to be useful. Mm. Um, yeah, that sounds good. And it, it, I imagine that um, this philosophy you have in, this com- in the company of service, um, that must mean, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but it, does that mean that you're, when you're hiring people, you're quite picky about how you hire and the type of mode you want to see in them and their kind of moral compass or are you kind of able to kind of mold people a bit more to your philosophy no that's a that's a good question we we, we i would love i think uh, long term I, I would love to transform the entire planet <laughs> and the, uh, the the the, the soon to be nine billion of us uh, on the planet uh, to make sure uh, that um, that uh, that all and every one of us uh, understands and is able to apply uh, these principles and to understand them it's true that when you are on your own, the first uh, people you hire and are people who, are, who have already a bit higher maturity on that. So to me, uh, the uh, uh, emotional intelligence element in people is, uh, is very important for the first hires uh, uh, and the first uh, team members uh, because, uh, because that helps me uh, a lot uh, to, to build that uh, core nuclear cell for the project and, uh, and same uh, the, the entrepreneurs we support uh, the first uh, investment uh, opportunities we look at uh, will be investment opportunities where the, the CEO the, le- the leadership team the founder is a great human being right. and, mm-hmm. uh, and so obviously we start uh, with, um, with uh, being very selective on that uh, so it's a bit easier because we, we're surrounded by, by good people the fact that we are in a line of business which is close to sustainability connects us as well to a great world of, uh, of NGOs, uh, um, of uh, 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 public uh, uh, servants. Uh, uh, so, uh, so we are um, in capitalism, uh, what is the closest uh, uh, to, uh, to, um, uh, to, to, to that part of the world. And, uh, and that helps us a lot uh, as well to be connected to, uh, to good people. But, um, but long term, uh, we, we want to be able to transform everyone. And at the core of Estari, of the, the message of Estari, is really the, the fact that every human being, if you, if you understand uh, its, uh, its, uh, its DNA, if you understand its, its problem, uh, uh, his or her problem, then you, uh, you can really unlock the potential. So uh, mm-hmm. if, you, uh, if you open the human heart, uh, you, uh, you reach the sun uh, or the energy of the sun. And so, and so that's really by one by one, by unlocking these people, that your uh, air factor will, will grow up a lot uh, mm-hmm. because you're uh, unlocking the potential. And we believe that every human being has the potential to be, uh, uh, to be a better self and is a very fundamentally a, a good person. You just uh, need that person to understand uh, and to be connected to himself, because uh, if we if we listen to our inner voices, then we are uh, good people. Mm. 
yeah, connecting to your own inner voice, that sounds like a bit of a journey. Is that some, a journey that you've been on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I'm on that journey of, uh, of trying, I think, uh, uh, so uh, to, uh, to, to be myself. Uh, and the way, the way I see it is really much uh, uh, as a tree. So uh, you, uh, you need to be connected to the ground. Uh, so we're terrestrial. We have that, uh, that body which is not perfect, uh, which is, uh, which is a, a suffering. I think when you, when you read any, any, any philosopher over the years, uh, uh, they, uh, they all agree on the fact that uh, the human condition is, is, is tough. It's mm. a bit miserable to be walking on the earth under the sun. Yeah, we're not wired to be happy. We're um, wired to survive. But we need, but we need to embrace that uh, that human condition because otherwise we are unhappy. And uh, so you need to embrace uh, soil and, and to be terrestrial. I think that's very important. Uh, a happy man is a man uh, who is uh, taking care of his uh, flowers. Uh, there's uh, uh, Jean Giono, uh, um, a French uh, writer, wrote once. Uh, so that's very important to be connected to the ground. Um, we still are we. We are a particular animal on the planet because we've got our brain. It takes a long time to maturity uh, compared to others, uh, other animals. Uh, it takes 20-30% uh, of uh, our, uh, the entire energy of our body uh, to feed that brain. Uh, that's uh, uh, much more than, uh, than, than uh, uh, all other animals uh, on the planet. And so, uh, so you need to, uh, to be human uh, in feeding the brain. Uh, through philosophy, spirituality, uh, curiosity, so reading about uh, uh, horses, if you like horses, cars, if you like cars, uh, um, whichever, but feed the, feed the soul, um, be grounded, and then open your arms. Like a, a tree has branches, you need to reach out to others, um, and you need to, uh, to connect uh, to your family, your close uh, circle of friends, uh, uh, and people you don't know. And, uh, and that's very important to me, and that's, that's one of the, the horizontal dimension of, uh, of Estari, is really, uh, so there's that verticality mm. of uh, feeling the brain and trying to be, to be, um, to be interesting to be able to, to participate to the education of, uh, of uh, people and uh, to be grounded. Um, uh, so in reality, uh, in, in what, is, uh, what are good business plans versus bad business plans, but as well being horizontally connected to others, uh, so to reach out uh, across races, across uh, religions, uh, uh, so to, to throw these bridges where we reconnect horizontally uh, people, mm. very much like a, like a tree. And so that's, that's the... That's where I visualize the, my journey. Um, uh, so uh, to uh, to be able to to be a sort of stable tree in the forest. Um, so one that uh, that can solidify the soil so that other trees can uh, can grow around. And okay. then uh, and then over time we'll, uh, we might have a, a great forest to show. Yeah, uh, sounds wonderful. In a few decades. Yeah, and I wonder this kind of opening out thing that you talked about, like being more open, being more connected. I feel like people resist that because they're worried about being hurt like on on one level people don't open up or don't show as much of themselves because really that makes them vulnerable um but yeah i'm hearing that the tree is kind of grounded so it it's more sure of itself is there is there anything there to say about um kind of openness and how much we make ourselves vulnerable with others how we connect with people and whether that leads you, you, to you touch the world. Uh, I think uh, it's a vulnerability. Show yourself vulnerable. I'm very fragile. I'm very uh, imperfect. Um, and so if you're, uh, if you're showing your, the fact that you're vulnerable, then, uh, then that's a superpower. Uh, basically, the, the abilities, especially for men, uh, again, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, no gender debate, but, uh, but, uh, but showing that you're vulnerable allows you to reach out because you don't fear of 
someone discovering that uh, you were vulnerable in the first place. And uh, to me, that's the superpower than, than the, uh, that uh, some presidents uh, in the US have, uh, or the last president uh, in the US has had, uh, the fact that uh, he showed himself so imperfect from day one mm. that, uh, as he would mention it, uh, anyone could, uh, could uh, throw anything at him. Um, it's impossible to, uh, to, uh, to, to attack. Uh, so, so there's that strength in vulnerability there's that strength in uh, in weakness that you can find and if we can uh, if people can understand that i think uh, they become very very strong and mm. um, and so showing yourself uh, vulnerable showing yourself uh, who you are is a, is a strength uh, and others uh, will be a bit intimidated and once you know yourself and you have that uh, that core of the of the tree uh, right in place uh, then the branches can grow and then you can reach out to others because and you will reach out towards others you will you will see, you will visualize uh, people who are connected to themselves as well. So mm -hmm. you will first reach out to those people and, and you see that they've understood as well that they don't have anything to hide because they're vulnerable. And, uh, and that creates very, very, very strong connections. Mm -hmm. so, With um, each other. I really like that, the kind of st that strength in vulnerability that you said there. Um, that's really interesting. It's, um, I wondered you mentioned about about men for generalizing <laughs> and the journey with vulnerability do you do you feel like that has, is changing um in terms of how open men can be and or do you feel what do you feel where we're at with that uh i know to be honest i i don't uh, immediately see that uh weakness is uh, uh is, is put forward in men uh, i think uh, we uh, um we see some people opening up and uh, great leaders opening up. Um, uh, we are in a building uh, where Danone is, uh, is a bit everywhere and, uh, and Emmanuel Faber, uh, the, the CEO of Danone, is a, is a great example of that. Uh, so uh, the, the, his openness uh, to, uh, to his brother having uh, some mental problems and, and uh, has, has allowed him to, to strengthen his leadership, I believe. Mm -hmm. He's uh, a CEO of Danone. He's yeah. CEO of Danone, mm. yes, indeed. And so, so I think uh, there's still a few, uh, I mean, there's a number of examples, uh, but, uh, but, but still uh, uh, the world in general, and it's not uh, only about men, because, uh, because it's even stronger for women. If you're, uh, if you're a, a woman and you want to be successful in the, in the workplace uh, and uh, have a, a very uh, uh, reach the, the, the top of, uh, of your company, you need to show strengths, even more than men. And so um, we this system is empowering a, a sort of a, a selection of superwoman. Yes. <laughs> um, you need to be extraordinary to be uh, in terms of resilience, in strengths, uh, to, uh, to, to, to be in a position of power. And then everyone will, um, everyone will admire you. So we all admire uh, Angela Merkel. Uh, we feel like uh, it's a superwoman. Uh, she, uh, we, we wonder how can, can she be so strong. Um, uh, and that's maybe because, uh, because she she's connected to that uh, weakness of, uh, uh, of, of being vulnerable and, and being very humble. And so... Um, hmm. And that kind of strength in vulnerability, is that something you apply with your staff as well or in the culture um, in your company that, that people kind of show up as themselves or bring their whole self to work? Is that... I, I guess we, we, we create uh, as a as a managing director, as CEO of a business, you uh, and as founder, uh, you try to create the conditions so that people can show their weakness and so can show uh, their vulnerability. You want that to happen, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. In our trade of business, uh, 
private equity, you need people to say uh, they, they, uh, they did a mistake on something. Uh, you want them to be able to say there, there's a mistake being done. Uh, there's nothing worse than uh, it doesn't help you at all uh, if they've done a mistake and they don't acknowledge it. Mm. And, um, and then, uh, so, so, so we, we promote that openness and that humility because that's, uh, that's very uh, important for us uh, to, be, to be good in what we do. And then, of course, uh, when we select people, we'll tend to, uh, to go for the lower egos. Um, mm. so, uh, yeah, power uh, for, of a low for, ego. For, for people who, are, um, yes, who have a, a lower ego, or, or they, they need to have a strong personality. So they need to, to, to have connected with, it, with themselves, to have so, some sign of excellence about uh, uh, who they are, uh, uh, trying to climb a mountain, uh, do a triathlon, uh, be a violinist uh, in, in a in a symphony orchestra. So, so we, need, we need to see signs, uh, sparkles of, uh, of curiosity and of uh, tenacity. And so, so, so we, we don't want uh, super low-key people for the sake of, of having low-key people. Uh, but we want people who, um, who have at least the level of ego where they will go in, a, in an interview and don't feel like they need to all only talk about themselves. Because you yeah. want to sell yourself in an interview. It's the same as uh, the entrepreneur going to, uh, to the capital. Um, you you want people to uh, to come in an interview and uh, and hear about who you are as a leader. Uh, why do you want to recruit them? And uh, how do you uh, uh, what what are your problems and how can they help uh, mm. solving that? So so I think uh, you need to find that uh, emotional intelligence into. Mm. Uh, into and I guess people. some people who are also willing to serve because that's what you want in the company that it, it serves. And, and yes, and I think it's a, it's a matter of, uh, of culture, of education again. Uh, so, uh, so there's a lot, uh, we can help a lot uh, the younger generations uh, uh, to, uh, to, in their education to understand that, that uh, if, they, if they place themselves at the service of, uh, of the people in front of them, uh, that will give back a lot in their life. And mm. so uh, the power of gift and humility is, uh, is uh, understated. Mm, absolutely. So how amongst all of this, you know, you're dealing with a lot of big partners, you've got your employees, you've got the entrepreneurs you're working with, that sounds like you're probably juggling quite a lot at once, plus you have a family with four children. <laughs> um, how does Jean-Baptiste look after himself in all this? The, the way I look after myself, uh, I, I apply to the different, uh, to the verticality of my human being. Uh, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sportsman. Um, I, uh, I love swimming, so I, I turned into a triathlete uh, for a number of years now. So I, I run quite often. I, uh, when, when, when there's no lockdown, I try to swim, uh, in particular uh, uh, open water sw swimming, because I'm curious uh, um, and uh, because I find the human language very incomplete um, to achieve what I want to do. I love music, and so I play uh, music, the guitar uh, in particular. Uh, so I. Uh, in my in my free time, I, I will uh, I will play a lot of uh, uh, music and, and listen to music. I, I read uh, to uh, further uh, nourish the mind uh, because that's uh, very important to me. And I read uh, uh, as I have not much time to read for the timing. I try to focus on uh, on um, important readings, so mm. readings about uh, people who have some something to say um, about uh, and around spirituality. And uh, uh, so, so that's it. I think uh, being uh, uh, doing sport, uh, music, uh, reading uh, allows me to, uh, to really uh, take care of myself uh, mm. selfishly. And then uh, the rest of my free time is uh, spent with the children. With the children. Uh, uh, for, uh, for a father, I think uh, it's, uh, 
it's a gift uh, of life uh, to have children. Um, you uh, uh, any interaction is a is a play, and uh, so it's uh, very uh, very sweet and very nourishing to be uh, uh, to have the, the chance of uh, of seeing a, a young life um, uh, uh, growing. And uh, so, uh, so so to me, uh, spending time with the children is really uh, as well selfishly a, a way to uh, for myself to grow and to be nourished. Mm. And could you say something about your spirituality or? your kind of thoughts around that? Is there anything that you want to share around? Yeah, in terms of spirituality, uh, I've, uh, I'm Belgian, so I've grown up as a, as a Catholic by default, um, and I've been uh, very connected, uh, I think, uh, to the uh, to um, yes, to the presence of God uh, uh, in some shape or form uh, uh, to uh, in my life. And so, so indeed, I, I see my life on Earth as, uh, as being connected, uh, as being uh, uh, someone, a human being, which is there and which is uh, um, uh, connected to, to, uh, to that uh, greater being. Um, so that's uh, very important. And then I'm trying to understand, uh, again, through curiosity, I'm trying to understand uh, the different religions, um, uh, what makes the difference between being a Muslim, a Catholic and uh, a, a Taoist. I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good things in, in all of these religions and to me that's very interesting, interesting intellectually but as well in that connection uh, to, uh, to a greater good. Um, uh, this, is, uh, this is a journey where I'm, uh, I'm still learning but, uh, but that's, uh, that's very important. And then the last thing I, I will uh, say um, is around um, in terms of the, the ultimate spirituality and I think one of the ultimate things that uh, people have not understood yet um, uh, or not many people have understood is the, the beauty of, um, of finitude, of uh, death basically. Uh, so uh, embracing death from very early on in your life uh, sounds like a very morbid uh, <laughs> thinking but actually it's, um, it makes all life beautiful. Because uh, when you know that, uh, that you'll die, many people uh, leave the, the last minutes or the last seconds of their life uh, for, for giving others or uh, having, I mean, suddenly a sort of intensity, tragic intensity in their life. And I think uh, uh, there's, there's no need to wait for the last seconds of your life to do that. Uh, once you've understood and you've, you've, uh, you've really visualized and, and you, you, uh, you take in, uh, in your, um, in your uh, uh, thoughts, the fact that uh, life is finished, then every interaction is important. The interview that we're having is a great conversation between uh, two human beings, even if I'm too, talk too talkative. Uh, and, uh, and the next uh, meeting I will have uh, will be with human people, uh, with human beings and, and, uh, and, and other people. Um, uh, and and it's, uh, it's an occasion to, uh, to, to, to go deep in, in any relationship. So there's a sort of, once you've touched to death and to the end of life, which is to me very uh, divine in, in some way, uh, you, uh, then when you go back, everything becomes, uh, becomes important. Uh, mm -hmm. Every step you make, every uh, meeting you have, every project you work on is, uh, is sort of essential and, mm. uh, and an occasion to have a lot of fun and uh, but to do something meaningful. Mm. And so that's, um, um, yes, I guess that is at the core of my uh, leadership style as well. Real being, yeah, it sounds like when we understand our impermanence, we can understand how precious the moments of life are. Yes, indeed, indeed. And, uh, and uh, to me, uh, again, that's, um, uh, that is something that not many people are aware of. Thank you, Jean-Baptiste, for that truly thoughtful interview. I really like the way he focused on listening and a deep sense of human connection. And it stayed with me since his thoughts about how contemplating death 
can allow us to experience the moments of life more fully. I'm Ruth Renger, founder of Conscious Leaders. We're a leadership development consultancy designed to help leaders build a calm, collaborative and productive workplace through coaching and training. You can find out more about us at ConsciousLeaders.org.uk.